we'd like to welcome you back to part three of our current event in weekly Bible study for July 21st, 2014. Okay, so continuing on, uh, next report, four cases of life-threatening uh, plague found in Colorado. Three more plague cases were found in Colorado a week after the first infection of the deadliest form of the disease was reported in the state in a decade. The man initially reported with pneumonic plague. Now, remember what they just said in the last report? V said, the gorilla guy, he said that they were going to beta test the pneumonic plague. Small areas, essentially, and then see and then try to release it on a large scale. So maybe that'll be the thing they release. But this is kind of, you know, confirming and coincidental of course it's probably not coincidental but he's talking about pneumonic plague which I've heard very little about in America and now all of a sudden there's four cases life threatening found in Colorado and this is what they said they were going to release on a small scale beta test it huh the man initially reported with pneumonic plague of July 11th is hospitalized two of the new cases also that had pneumonic plague while the third had a milder form Please note that V's four-star general contact stated that a low-level pneumonic plague beta test release was the first step. Okay? In the video we just heard in the last uh, segment. I just checked the uh, dr-symboljohnson.com website, the Invive uh, website, and um, it doesn't have a protocol listed for pneumonic plague has one for plague, just in general plague, which is one tablespoon three times a day of the 5,000 part per million until symptoms are under control. I'd say that's a, it's a pretty aggressive dose. Tablespoon is actually three teaspoons, so it's nine teaspoons a day uh, held under the tongue. You, always, you have to take a dose like that. You hold it under the tongue for like four to five minutes. I mean, this stuff's expensive. You want to get as much out of it as you can. You want to have m as much sublingual absorption as possible. Um, <clears throat> hit your tongue with some organic peppermint oil prior to it if you want to kill the taste. Take it away from food. I'm just giving you some hints um, if you have that as an option. Uh, that's a very aggressive dose. Three... three uh, Basically, one tablespoon three times a day. That's going to be, like, worst-case scenario, for the most part. Uh, and then it has several different protocols for pneumonia, which would be related, I would think, to the pneumonic plague, which is a very similar dosage. One tablespoon three times a day. So, that would be a, you know something to think about doing. Um, what you could also do is get some DMSO. I would prefer the 99%. It's in a silver label. You can find it online. There's only one company that I think that makes it. Or even if you can only get 70. And just hit your tongue with some DMSO. And I don't mean a lot. It doesn't taste great. But neither, neither does the silver. Uh, when anything's that concentrated, it's not going to taste good. And um, hit your tongue with that while you're doing the silver dose. What that will do is help the silver penetrate even further into the cells. 
So that's another thing you can do to kind of like maximize the silver's effectiveness. I would also say that if you were going to do one thing with the silver while you're like battling something like this is massive doses of the whole food vitamin C. Like four tablets, like the, the innate C400, four tablets several times per day. I'm talking, these are, these are things to literally save your life, get you out of those. And I'm not saying God can't do that. I'm just saying if you were going to go on that protocol, I would say if you're only, if you could only do two things, I would recommend the whole food vitamin C four tablets several times per day along with the silver at that high dosage and um, uh, for adults and then you have to scale things back for for children and um, so let me just go over that little bit of that right now in fact I'll just go ahead and post this into the into the into the study now that I've opened up that can of worms for lung infections, you can nebulize the 100 part per million in Vive mild silver protein directly into the lung fields for three to four minute intervals several times per day. Now, personally, I've done like 500 and I didn't have any problem. But I was told for FDA reasons, you can only say 500 parts per million. Okay, so that's what I'm advising you, only 100. But personally, me, I've done 500 and had no problem. I would be more careful with little children as well because they're you know, they're little children. Anyway, a nebulizer is something good to have, and now you can actually get them without a prescription. I don't know what brand is good, I don't really know any of that stuff, but something that you can literally put the Invive mild silver protein straight into the nebulizer cup, 100 part per million, and you typically has a little timer on it, usually 3 to 4 to 5 minutes, and you just inhale that right into the lung fields. Uh, if you had something like let's say, pneumonic plague that you were battling. Okay, so now that I've opened up this can of worms, I really wasn't intending on doing this, but then again, if this is like what they're going to end up beta testing and implementing later, we should know something about it. Pneumonic plague is a severe type of lung infection. is one of three forms of plague, all of which are caused by a bacterium, Yersinia pestis. It is more virulent and rare than bubonic plague. It's more virulent <laughs> than bubonic plague. Okay? So, um, you know, the only way to get bubonic plague in today's day and age is to eat that booberry cereal, the, the Count Chocula. They had the booberry and the Count Chocula and the Frankenberry. And the, the booberry, the one with the ghost, because he he's going boo, he's the ghost. Yeah, so anyway, you gotta really be careful that booberry cereal. I don't even think they make it anymore, but... Anyway... See, that's why, you know, I'm all my training as a doctor. I'm, I'm, I'm well-versed in stuff like that. Anyway, a little, little humor there. So, the difference between the versions of plague is simply the location of the infection of the body. The bubonic plague is an infection of the lymphatic system. Um, the pneumonic plague is an infection of the respiratory system. And septicemic plague is an infection of the bloodstream. Okay, knowing this, knowing that it's a bacteria... The silver treats anything of a bacterial, fungal, yeast, or viral nature. There is some anecdotal evidence that it can be beneficial in a parasite protocol, but I don't prescribe it for parasites. A lot of times people email me and they're like, 
I've got this really bad heart condition. What will the silver do for it? Well, unless you have like an infection in the heart, which can happen, um, it's not going to do anything. I've got osteoarthritis really bad. Well, no, it's probably not going to help any for osteoarthritis. Rheumatoid, maybe, because there is anecdotal evidence saying rheumatoid arthritis is from a virus. So it depends. But there's certain things, and if it doesn't have a viral fungal or, or bacterial base, the silver will not help it. So it's not a panacea. It doesn't, like, there are certain things it just would do nothing for. I don't prescribe it for cancer. You know, um, it's not the first thing. But then it, there is anecdotal evidence saying that it has helped some cancer cases. And I think it could help, particularly with skin cancer, topically applied. But it's not the first thing I'd turn to, typically. You know, so, you know, everything has its place. So this pneumonic plague, um, yeah, you would really want to have... What's something that's just really good to have concerning the days and times ahead is a nebulizer. And one of the things you can do also is you can like put a drop of um, like let's say organic, preferably eucalyptus oil per nebulizer cup, which will um, it gives it a nice smell and it also helps to open up the lung fields, to open up the bronchioles and and in it's it's therapeutic in and of itself the um, that, and it'll help the silver penetrate. Um, if it got into the sinuses, the best way to go after this is to get a nasal, nasal spray bottle, like an Afrin bottle, one of those things that atomizes, and dispose of what's in the bottle and add the 500 parts per million, not 100, but 500 parts per million silver to the bottle. To make a 500 part per million solution... If all you had was a 5,000, okay? Well, I don't have 500. Okay, you can make it. Take, okay, if you were going to make, like, let's say, this, you take 10 parts distilled water and one part, 5,000 part per million silver, and that is how you would make a 500 part per million. You're diluting it. It's best to use distilled water, if you can. Purified at bare minimum. Um, so, that's how you'd make it. Or you could buy the 500 part per million off the, from me or the website. This is the strength you'd use in a nasal spray bottle. It is also the strength you would use for ear infections. I found the silver works really good on ear infections. Now, if you have a hole in the eardrum, you can't use it. Okay, but sometimes hydrogen peroxide works good. The problem with hydrogen peroxide is it bubbles and it can sting, and little kids don't like that. Um, especially if you've got a really bad ear infection, it can sting. The, the silver will not sting whatsoever. But you want to use a 500, not a 5,000 for ear infections and for the sinus. What you do, um, you can also put one drop of eucalyptus oil in the nasal spray bottle with the 500 part per million solution of silver. And you just make sure you tip your head back, spray three to five times per nasal passage. It's one of the quickest ways you can get rid of a sinus infection. If you're taking the silver internally as well, like let's say a quarter teaspoon, you've got a sinus infection, quarter teaspoon three times a day, hold it under the tongue three to four minutes, swallow, you will get rid of a sinus infection typically very quickly. Um, and then if you have the whole food vitamin C in there, let's maybe say some whole food D3, that's another thing that's really good to have. Well, you'll get rid of it all the more quicker. You can do that several times per day. 
Um, the silver dosing chart for children and babies. This is per day. 5 cc's per 30 pounds of body weight. 5 cc's equals approximately 1 teaspoon. Okay, so you would literally split, if they were a 30 pound baby, you would literally split 1 teaspoon into different, let's say 3 or 4 different dosages given to the baby throughout the day. That means a 30 pound child receives 5 cc's or 1 teaspoon per day total in divided doses of 1.2 cc's. So that'd be four different doses of 1.2 cc's of the silver four times a day. I'm going to go ahead and post this in the PDF so you have it, because I've had a lot of people ask me about children. A 10-pound baby receives two cc's in total per day. Remember, this stuff's really concentrated. So they don't, it's not going to take a lot on a 10-pound baby. Um, so, anyway, I'm just going to post this, because it gets into a lot of dosages and stuff like that. I'm going to go ahead. And then also, if you suspect a high amount of infection or yeast is present. Now, you may not have the luxury of ramping up dosage. Like, let's say you were dying from some, like, worst-case scenario, um, uh, plague. Uh, you may not have that luxury where you're like, well, I'm going to take things slow and wait for the pneumonic plague because I have a lot of pneumonic plague in my system, so I'm going to take things slow so I don't have too much of a die-off or Herxheimer reaction. No, that's not really the way you want to approach it. You want to kind of go gangbusters because you're literally fighting for your life. If you had like a yeast infection, candida, systemic candida through the bloodstream, you might want to if you can, start slow and ramp up the dosage. I've seen literally one drop, like, particularly with women, like, make them go into a Herxheimer reaction because it's so strong. So I'm going to go ahead and post this in the teaching. And I'm going to do this in the same area. I'm going to talk about the silver later. And I'm going to do it, I'm going to post it within that, section, and I'm doing that right now. Okay, I just posted that within the teaching, because that, that has come up quite a few times. Anyway, I don't want to dwell on that anymore. I wasn't even planning on talking about that, but it, it is kind of important, potentially, that people know that information. Now, next report. Doomsday Ultimate Reaper Virus Unleashed. 100 scientists added to the dead scientists list after MH17 is shot down in the Ukraine. With it now being common knowledge that 108 Australian-bound AIDS researchers, activists, and health workers were on board the doomed flight MH17, 100 new names have been added to a rapidly gro growing list of now dead scientists, chemists, astronomers, and engineers as the MH17 mystery takes a new turn. Um, sorry, my... PDF messed up. Takes a new turn as shared in the first and third videos below. I, I give you a link if you want to watch the videos. And we're actually going to hear some of them. In the first video, called Malaysian Flight MH17, uh, entitled Bomb on Board to Kill Joep Lange, our videographer shares why he feels that Lange, 
who was the president of the International AIDS Society from 2002 to 2004, was targeted. Coincidentally or not, former President Bill Clinton also knew a, knew a number of scientists who died aboard MH17, as shared in the second video. Are these more names to be added to the body count uh, that surrounds the Clinton family? What did these scientists know or were about to learn at this very important AIDS conference that they were being flown to? That we don't know at currently. currently. It is also known that the pharmaceutical industries, many of whom are run by the government, do not want a cure for any disease to be found because the profits they make off the medicines would then cease for that particular disease. It's called reoccurring revenue. Furthermore, many are aware that the global elite's agenda to depopulate the earth by billions, after all, all we have heard from many globalists themselves, including George Soros, Bill Gates, Clinton Rothschild, and the more. Here's some quotes. Prince Philip, Duke of Ed- Edinburgh, says, If I were reincarnated, I would wish to return to earth as a killer virus to lower human population levels. End of quote. Henry Kissinger has said, quote, Depopulation should be the highest priority of U.S. foreign policy towards the third world, end of quote. I mean, wow. I mean, talk about not sugarcoating it. Ted Turner, in an interview with Audubon Magazine, said, quote, a total world population of 250 to 300 million people, a 95% decline from present levels would be ideal, end of quote. Theodore Roosevelt said, society has no business to permit degenerates to reproduce their kind. So that was the um, good old Theodore Roosevelt, where we get our the word the teddy bear from. That was literally where it came from. Um, anyway, because his nickname was Teddy. So, um, if we take all these clues into consideration, would it be safe to assume that the scientists on board MH17 were about to present breakthrough research, which could have resulted in an AIDS cure? Could these men have been taken out by the globalist elite in order to protect their highly profitable AIDS industries? Sure seems likely. Which generates billions of dollars for the government-run pharmaceutical companies? Put this in context of the, four st- of the V's four-star general's ultimate killer plague coming, the, the, the thing that we just said, the, the, the audio we just played, okay? And it is safe to assume that the AIDS virus genetically altered may be incorporated into some kind of doomsday ultimate reaper virus. Add these dead scientists to the ongoing dead scientists list that Steve Quayle put together, and a very clear picture emerges. So, yeah, this looks like it may have been one of the primary goals of the flight. Not only could we now be going to war with Russia and making them look like the bad guys, but now we have these AIDS researchers that were possibly getting ready to unveil a cure for AIDS out of the way. They don't want a cure for anything. They have the cures, they just don't want them released to humanity because there's no financial incentive in that, and if they they want a weak, sickly, dumbed-down population that's controlled by the medical cartels, and and cures don't present that. They present freedom. They don't want you to have freedom in any way, shape, or form. So let's go ahead and listen to some videos regarding the subject. Okay, so this is Lisa Haven, and she has a video entitled, Illuminati Takes Down Malaysian Airplane MH17 to Hide the Cure for AIDS. Now, she gets a lot farther into the whole potential dynamics for this. 
I just don't have time to go into all the stuff today. Yeah, there's some really compelling stuff that I don't even have time to get into that makes it look all the more, oh, wow, this really does look like this was all done by design. But I'm just going to cover some of the bigger points with her. We're just going to listen to, I don't know, about three minutes of this video and, and kind of see what her take on on this is. I think she makes some, some really good uh, points here. So let's go ahead and... Go ahead and roll that. All right. So that being said, I want to kind of just dive back into uh, a post that I did before I actually, you know, dive more into this topic. But this is on uh, Before It's News. I did this uh, back in June. But it's proof there's a cure for AIDS, who the inventor is, why he is remaining silent, and his mind-boggling background. And um. This is a guy who supposedly created the cure for AIDS, or I, sh I better said, uh, supposedly created the cure for AIDS. That's, you know, to be determined, if you will. Um, you know, it's still up in the air. But the reason that many people claim that he did, and which I believe it, it's a high possibility, is because of this patent number. Okay, so this is where it gets interesting. In 1997, Rabbi Marvin S. Antelman created a cure for AIDS HIV virus under this U.S. patent number. And um, I kind of dive through this patent number in this particular post, but I'm just going to click on it real quick. So you can see. Uh, it's going to take us there. All right, so here's this patent number. You can look it up. I'll also leave a link. You can see Marvin S. Antelman's on here. Um, you can see that it deals with the AIDS virus and destroying AIDS uh, synthetic pathogens. Anyhow, I got into this. A now, what's interesting about this, I had no idea about this thing. It's the patent number. It's 56769778, a U.S. patent number. Method of curing AIDS with tetrasilver tetroxide molecular crystal devices. So it's a form of silver. How he killed the AIDS virus. And I've never heard of this. Um, it says the device molecular crystal contains two mono and two trivalent silver ions capable of firing electrons capable of electrocuting the AIDS virus. Well, that's pretty much how silver works anyway. How it kills. It kills through what they call a zeta potential. It imparts a charge to the virus or the bacteria or the yeast or the candida that literally kills it. That's how silver works. Okay? Through the zeta potential. So, to me, I'm looking at this, I'm like, sounds like you could have done the same thing with like a high part per million mild silver protein, like in Vive. Well, you can. But he developed some other way of doing this that evidently he came up with a patent for. And um, he said that um, these they, they fire these electrons capable of electrocuting the AIDS virus pathogens. And when administered into the bloodstream, the device electrons will be triggered by pathogens proliferating the virus and ISM. Uh, and then he gets into a whole bunch of other technical stuff. Anyway, I, I thought that that was pretty interesting. while back... But obviously, back in 1997, this was put together, but it hasn't left from there. Okay, so whether or not the AIDS Research Foundation is still studying his information or 
he was, you know, paid to remain silent. But the funny thing is, is, is um, this Marvin S. Antelman guy is a guy who uh, basically is a very outspoken uh, Illuminati believer, and he's obviously against the Illuminati, so he he tells people about the Illuminati, warns them about the Illuminati, warns them about the elite. Could it be that the Illuminati is who is keeping him from revealing his AIDS information? Who knows? You know, we don't know. But um, the other thing that I found interesting about this Antelman character was that he was a rabbi, uh, part of the, the Sanhedrin, which is a group of 70 men um, who make the rules and laws if you will, are kind of the laws in Israel. They're not on, on top, but um, they're kind of the religious governing board of, of Israel. But he is very outspoken. He is very against the Illuminati and speaks against them. So why he remains silent, nobody knows. Nobody has all the information. Um, could it be that maybe those on Malaysian Airlines 17 were studying some of um, Marvin S. Antelman's information? Well, we don't know. All we know right now is a hundred different AIDS scientists have been killed aboard MH17. But let's go on. Okay, so that's all I really wanted to get into. The video goes to almost 20 minutes, and we were only at the five-minute mark. So he, she gets into all of the particulars at this point on all of the reasons that this could have happened and makes some really compelling statements. Just don't have really the time to get into that today. So... But you can, I will give you a link, the link is on the PDF, you can listen to, and you can um, avail yourself to that information, it's the first link, it'll be on a page about mm, 7 to 8. Okay, now, let's go to the next little video. Okay, so the second video is um, um, a Malaysian flight M17 bomb on board to kill... Joep Lange, and that's the guy, this top AIDS researcher on the planet, okay? And again, he was being flown out to this annual AIDS conference, and they're thinking he was getting ready to unveil the cure, which would have been all the more reason they would want him dead. So, this is, um, this is where this is going. Also, this is me playing the sax in the intro leading up to this. Just, just kidding, teasing. Okay, and welcome to McHugh Media. So the Boeing 777 flight from Amsterdam to Kuala Lumpur, 173 Dutch dead, 27 Australians, 44 Malaysians, 12 Indonesians, and 9 Britons, and that's the latest news in on that side of things. Um, we pray for the families, and we pray uh, for everybody involved. Now, a little thing that I picked up on was one of the guys in particular that died on the flight. Now, he was a pioneer in AIDS research, and he was on his way over to the 2014 AIDS conference in Australia. Um, and his name is Ajub Lang. Okay, so I'm just going to talk a little bit about him uh, for a sec here. Quite a couple of interesting points. Dr. Lang is a professor of internal medicine at the Academic Medical Center of the University of Amsterdam. Okay. Now, he was a professor in uh, the HIV virus and many other viruses, but HIV was his field. 
Um, now, just this that I want to draw, uh, draw your attention to. From 1992 until 1995, Fred, he ran such efforts on global scale as the chief of the World Health Organization Clinical Research and Product Development Branch of the Global Program on AIDS. Now, under Dr. Lang, the Research and Development Unit worked to perform and institute prevention, diagnosis, and treatment projects. Okay, in such places as Argentina, Brazil, Ivory Coast, Mexico, and you know you get the idea. A lot of countries there, right? Uh, um, in January of 1995, Dr. Lang returned to his alma mater, the University of Amsterdam, to take up the position of that he currently owns, uh, or currently did own, uh, as professor of internal medicines at uh, research and teachings about viral diseases in particular. Now, with all the conspiracies about. Uh, a viral warfare and you know all this sort of thing I don't really want to hit on that much now okay but um, AIDS and similar diseases uh, along with war are the biggest money gainers for the elites okay they have cure for AIDS now they have cures for cancer they have cures for pretty much everything you have to remember guys okay that they are technologically and medically advanced by at least 20 years at least, now there's some people think it may be 40, okay, but I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt and saying that it's 20 years. Um, so, they have stuff now that we're gonna, it's gonna be handed out to us in 20 years' time when they've moved on another 20 years. So, believe me when I tell you that they have got cures for AIDS and cancers and things like that. But if they were to cure everybody in the world, then there would be no reason for hospitals. Okay, and the medical profession brings in the biggest financial gain for this corporate elites. And it's as simple as that. So if this guy's running around with the potential cure for AIDS, or he's nearly on it, if you know what I mean, he's catching up with the guys that are 20 years ahead of him um, in that field. Yeah, these secret, you know, ones that the government are hiding away underground in bases doing the little experiments, okay? Well, if this guy was on the trail of, of, of becoming anywhere near their knowledge, right, and he's on his way over to an Australia uh, conference in Australia, okay? Big, massive, big uh, conference about AIDS and, and, and potential cures and preventions and, and what have you. And uh, he just happens to die, you know. Oh, oh by the way, you know, the, the world leader of research for AIDS uh, just happened to die in the airplane. Okay, so, again, that, that's just more confirmation that <laughs> uh, there's most likely something very fishy going on with this whole thing. Uh, I totally concur what he said. I've done several studies on that subject. Just key in, like, pharma or pharmaceutical in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com and go over a lot of the history of the medical cartel and the pharmaceutical um, professions. All right, let's go further. Now here we're going to hear from one of the, um, well, a guy that's got a trail of bodies, him and his lovely wife, trail of bodies behind him that goes back literally decades and just key in, uh, we're going to hear from Bill Clinton, key in the Clinton Chronicles. And that was one of the first videos that ever came out exposing them and all of the, the trail of dead bodies behind both of them. So this is one of the most evil, satanic people that's ever walked the earth. And he knew this head AIDS researcher guy that died. And they're literally interviewing him on CNN Live, 
And this is Bill Clinton, this, this little tiny little interview that they did. Oh, yes, as you say, President Clinton is here in Vietnam as part of the Clinton Foundation, his charity. We spoke to him at a, an AIDS orphanage on the outskirts of... So he's there at an AIDS orphanage to one of his whatever charities where their main goal is to kill more people, just like Bill and Melinda Gates, their main goal is annihilation, world population reduction, and these are their little beta testing sites where they go to test out, you know, how well their uh, killing methods are being implemented. So they're going to they're gonna give, they're going to go to Bill now and, and, and we're going to hear his heartfelt words over this AIDS researcher that died. Hanoi, and he said he was deeply sad and devastated by what has happened in Ukraine. He knew uh, some of the people on board MH17, and this is what he had to say to us. So it's awful. I mean, the... It's awful. Those people are... They're really, in a way, martyrs to the cause that we're going to Australia to talk about. They're martyrs to the cause. This guy is such a fork-tongued devil from the pit of hell. Really? He has the audacity to get up here and call them martyrs to the cause when he probably had everything to do with killing them. And yet he's going to act like he's so broken up and it's so awful. These people have no conscience. They have no... They have nothing. They're, they're, they're just vessels of Satan. Him and his devil wife, Hillary. And... I think all I can say about it now is what the what President Obama, what our government said. We, we need to wait to make any definitive statements until we know exactly what happened. But it was uh, it was sickening, and I I hope they will know, and I hope they will know soon. Yeah, very unconvincing. I mean, just even his facial expressions. Um, and wait to see what, you know, don't make anything, don't make any really fast decisions, but, you know, wait to see what President Obama and them determine. Well, they've already determined, and it was like literally up in minutes. It had been shot down, and it was, you know, Russia behind it, and this will give us an excuse to impose sanctions, excuse to ban AK-47 importation and the parts, which was huge thing that we covered in the last video. You kill all of these these AIDS researchers, which we're probably getting ready to debut some type of really big cure. They can't have that. Okay, you know, um, check on that. You know, second thing that they accomplished. And then now their ability to demonize Russia and blame everything on Russia when Russia had nothing to gain by shooting this thing down. And we're even going to get into more aspects of this, but that's another thing that, that was then, you know, accomplished. So, I mean... I just don't believe anything the New World Order is trying to feed me. Now, next report. MH17 hauled gruesome cargo of decomposing corpses and possibly tainted blood. Uh, in these still early hours following the mystery crash of MH17, one must dare to think the unthinkable. An investigator goes to where the evidence leads. And the evidence so far from the crash site indicates a hellish scenario beyond imagination. Besides the nearly 300 passengers aboard the ill-fated Malaysian Airlines, the plane's cargo bay was loaded with dozens of infected corpses, drained of their blood, and countless packets of possibly virus-contaminated blood serum. This is what was falling out of the skies. 
according to local eyewitnesses. The gruesome finding points irrefutably to the Malthusian skullduggery at the highest levels of the World Health Organizations by sponsoring a covert biological warfare program against the population of Asia, meaning they were shipping them to Malaysia, okay, on this plane. So, ultimately, they're saying the target was Malaysia. <coughs> I don't know. I think that they target, they, I think they knew exactly what they were going to do and as far as shooting this thing down, where they shot it down at. A systematic investigation is now required to uncover potentially the deadliest plot against humanity in modern history. Okay, I mean, we might be going a little far there, saying it's the deadliest plot, I, I don't know, but... The more predictable outcome, unfortunately, is likely to be a cover-up on an unprecedented scale to protect the global elite from scrutiny, legal prosecution, and justice. The blatant violation of international laws for transportation, for transporting infection, infectious agents indicates a criminal intent in their use at destination. Um, IATA, the watchdog agency for air travel, strictly controls and... Uh, they didn't write this right. Strictly controls and brings about the rules in the conveyance of corpses and infectious substances due to the dangers of accidental spillage and deliberate biowarfare. The WHO also imposes tight uh, re- reporting rules for physical transfer of materials between laboratories and is now therefore caught in flagrantly violating its own rules. In other words, you're not supposed to have dead, bled-out corpses that are decomposing and packets of tainted blood on commercial air flights. Just not a really good combo, you know? The notable failure by the Amsterdam Shishapol Airport Customs Clearance, in addition to the WHO and IATA to warn emergency crews and investigators at the crash site of a potential epidemic danger proves that the gruesome cargo was transported illegally without registration. Meaning, they're not saying anything about it. And they knew it was on the plane. You know they knew it. But yet they're not saying anything about it. We're only getting this from the local eyewitnesses. So in other words, it's a a total cover-up beyond that. The UN and the WHO are directly implicated in this covert transfer of biowarfare agents in the cargo hold, which also accompanied by over 100 of their top virus researchers, staff members, and NGO supporters in the passenger cabin. So here's a whole whole other wrinkle to this thing. You got the AIDS researchers, you've got you've got the corpses with with the tainted blood, the decomposing corpses with the tainted blood. You got the potential to blame it on Russia when they had no they when they had no motivation to do such a thing, which would then say, "Oh, America could say, "Oh, we're we're going to impose greater restrictions on you." And guess what? You can't import any more AK-47s, which takes care of one huge aspect of gun control in America. Um, you've got then the whole demonization of the Russians and and the the world coming against Russia because they're said, "Oh, they they have this nefarious plot to do this." So that's another thing they're accomplishing. And there's other things I'm sure you could think of as well. A lot of different things accomplished with this. Um, according to the rebel commander Igor Gerson, as quoted by AP, he reported that local villagers who rushed to the crash scene found a significant number of the bodies weren't fresh. The first responders also said the corpses had been drained of blood and reeked of decomposition. Now, let's face it, if you have bodies falling out of the sky and the people get there, like, within, you know, a short period of time, they're not going to be decomposing. 
Okay, these were thing. These were corpses that were already decomposing when they embarked on the plane. You know, I don't think they walked on the plane. Put it that way, they were already dead long before they got on the plane. Could the cadavers have been air freighted for simple for some kind of simple anatomy class? That is a freshman question. Um, paying air cargo fees to send bodies all the way to Asia from Amsterdam is more of a financial loss than sending coal to Newcastle. I guess that's a local euphemism there. There's no shortage of fresh John Doe's on ice from places like the Philippines. Drained of blood and reeking from decay, the corpses can be nothing other than carriers of some type of infectious disease. So who knows what the agenda afoot here is? Who knows if they've already started an epidemic over there with these things? The people that have already been exposed to these things. Who knows? Decomposed cadavers in tainted blood exposed to wind, soil, and groundwater pose a present and clear danger threat to the public health of millions across the Ukraine, Western Russia, and the countries of the Black Sea, including Moldova, Turkey, and even as far as Greece. A regional warning needs to be issued, but none is forthcoming, not when the WHO is implicated while its executives, the hidden elitist sponsors of genocide, scramble for cover of respectability. These reprobates nestled in the medical bureaucracy are far worse than ordinary war criminals. I couldn't agree more. So there's a whole other wrinkle to the whole this this whole plane being shot down. Um, before, remember I told you about the stuff I was going to post about in Vive? I posted my protocol here for, because they talked about AIDS, I posted it for AIDS, the, the protocol listed at Invive. Now, you can't ever say you're, you're, you're trying, you can't ever say, yes, Invive is a cure for it. You can't say that about anything natural. You can't say it's a cure for anything. Only the guy, the MDs in the white lab coats, coats with the magic prescription pads can claim a cure for anything, even though they typically don't cure anything, because, again, there's no financial incentive. Okay? So, the, the protocol for AIDS, I put it here, uh, it'll be on about page 8. Um, it's essentially... Uh, one tablespoon twice a day of the 5,000 until testing negative for HIV. And then also if you have a patient with uh, Carposi sarcoma, which are the lesions that AIDS patients tend to get on their skin, you can use the silver, the 5,000 part per million silver, topically. But what you do is you make what they call AG cream. AG is the chemical name, is the chemical um, symbol on the periodic chart for silver, AG. You'd think it'd be SI, but it's AG. Just like AU is gold. Okay, go figure. Anyway, so AG cream is made by taking, and this, this applies to a lot of things. If you have an infection on the skin, a host of things you can treat topically. You take aloe vera gel, get the purest you can get, and then you add drops of the 5,000 part per million silver just to the point where it starts to liquefy. Then you've actually made your silver cream. You can apply that topically. It's very healing. It's very, really good for wounds. It's good for any kind of infections topically. Really, really good for all that stuff. So that's how you... You don't buy AG cream. You make it yourself. Okay, so the thing I would add into a protocol if you had an HIV AIDS patient would be, from my standpoint, I only know my professional lines, okay? Immuplex and Conjuplex by standard process, six per day, 
of each. And echinacea by Mediherb, they have the strongest echinacea I know of, three per day. You do that with the silver protocol. It's one of the best things I would could possibly think you'd do for like an AIDS patient to improve their T cell count, all of the white blood cell counts across the board. And, you know, I can't ever claim a cure. I don't have a AIDS patient that I've actually put this on. I've been out of private practice for a while now, but I can't imagine a much better protocol than this, those four things that I mentioned. Anyway, uh, we're still running. This is from Invive. We're uh, running a limited time offer. This has never been done before. I've been online now for since 06. So we're talking like eight years. Invive's never extended this. They did it until September 1st. So there's about 40 more days left. Where if you buy any order over $99, and that would qualify one bottle of 5,000 part per million silver, um, if you go to the Dr. Dash Johnson website, dr-johnson.com, if you go, and the, the links are all here on the PDF too, if you go to the website, you order one bottle of silver, you get a free bottle of 1,100 part per million colloidal silver for free. And that's ne- They've never done that. I have no control over that. I'm out of the loop on this. I don't know who's placing orders, who's not. And that's why I said I would appreciate it if you would maybe mention me when you you place an order. I don't think you'll need to do that on my website, but if you do it on, if you find it some other way, um, I would appreciate it because it does help to fund our ministry. And um, they're going to extend that until September 1st of this year, 2014. Uh, I already went over all the lung infection stuff that I said about the sinus stuff and the lung infection and the dosing for children. It's here. It's going to be on page 8 of the PDF for 7-21-2014 at contendingfortruth.com and um, I also give you a link to my colloidal silver presentation uh, mild silver protein its uses and its history and the difference between electrically generated the generator, the silver generators and true particulate colloidal silver and it's it's a gigantic difference anyway, all that's there now, let's go further talked about that enough uh, it really wasn't my plan to just key in on that so much but it just kind of came up today with all this plague stuff that I'm constantly seeing now, and corpses falling out of the sky, and tainted blood, and pneumonic plague, and all this stuff. It's like I'm almost forced to talk about the the, the potential remedies for things like that, uh, because it seems to be more pertinent by the day. And I, this whole pandemic thing, it just seems like they're really wanting to kick that off. Now, let's go further. Uh, World War Three Watch. July 20th, which was started yesterday, I probably won't get this up until Tuesday, so I apologize, but this teaching at least. July 20th to 27th is what is known as the Satanic Grand Climax on the occult calendar. And then it says, will we witness the opening of the gates of hell? With the Satanic Grand Climax now approaching and World War III's major false flag, which was unveiled by the New World Order, days ago, by the shooting down of MH17, which we just talked about. Because that could literally spark World War III, which would be another gigantic, huge cherry on top of the Satanic Sunday that they're trying to accomplish, okay? That could literally be the tipping point there for World War III, okay? Will the gates of hell open on July 27, 2014? 
are more blood sacrifices on the horizon for this upcoming week? Now, they view that plane going down and all those people dying as blood sacrifices to Satan. Okay? They literally vampirize and feed off that type of negative energy. These devils that are literally Satan's henchmen and servants. And then, So... Now, as many know, there has been a lot of talk about Apple's iOS. Apple Inc.'s, it's called an iOS, which is an intelligent personal assistant and knowledge navigator named, I think, Suri. When asked about the date, July 27, 2014, Suri on the Apple iPhone says, they say, hey, Suri, what, what about this date, July 27, 2014? Well, Suri says, quote, it's Sunday, July 27, 2014, opening gates of Hades, end of quote. That's what it says on the iPhone. Now, I've known about this for months. I've had tons of people emailing me about it. It's like, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But it does say that. And it just so happens to be the last day of the Satanic Grand Climax, which is one of the high Satanic holiday times. On the occult calendar. But many, but what many do not know is that when asked about the date September 3rd, 2014, the answer is, quote, it's Wednesday, September 23rd, no, September 3rd, 2014, closing gates of Hades. End of quote. That's what Surrey says. So it says, Surrey tells you that it's going to open on the 27th, which is literally, by the time this teaching goes up, five days away. And then it's going to close on September 3rd. I don't know. The Illuminati does tend to telegraph their punches. And Apple is, is, I think, the most evil company that makes iPhones. With one of the biggest satanic agendas out there. Of course, Microsoft's terrible too. But then again, I don't know if Microsoft, they probably don't do smartphones. I don't know. I don't have one. I have a dumb phone. I don't even want any of that stuff. I got enough on my plate with a a laptop. And the, the smartphones are such a... Big brother tracking device, devil piece of garbage. I just refuse to ever get one. I just won't do it. I'm not judging anybody that's got one. I'm just saying for me, I there's no way. All right, I'm going to go ahead and play this short video on this. And um, this has been written, I mean, this website, These Christian Times, says iPhone, Surrey says Gates of Hades will open July 27, 2014. Is it a sick hoax or is there a logical is there a logical explanation for it? You can key that in, maybe in the internet and find that article. I'm going to go ahead and play this short video regarding this as well. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and roll this. Everybody, uh, Dave Acta checking in for the cyber militia, and this is the July 27th grand climax. This is what these satanic folks follow, and the only reason I bring this up is because of the iPhone hoax, whatever it was, was Siri saying that the gates of hell will open on the 27th. The o- now, you could say it's a hoax, but the fact remains is that the grand, the grand climax satanic ritual, which accumulates and ends on July 27th, there is a lot of occult garbage going on. Again, this is a really good week for Christians to be praying against that wickedness. So that's not a hoax that this is a real satanic holiday and it does end on that particular date. 
only reason this is kind of noteworthy is there's so much of this blood sacrifice going on right now, especially with the aircraft, with the Malaysia aircraft, that say what you want. And it's really weird, too, about, you know, what about the Malaysian aircraft that was lost? You know, in it's never been recovered. That whole thing that was like the front and center headline. Malaysia? I mean, you never even hear about Malaysia. You know? And then all of a sudden, they've got... And they both involve jet airliners. You know, you I've never heard about anything about a jet airliner from Malaysia probably my whole life. And now all of a sudden in the past couple months, you've got the two most biggest stories almost that, that have dominated the headlines have been two Malaysian, one bound for Malaysia, one I think maybe maybe leaving Malaysia, I believe. And they're dominating the headlines. So that's... I'm sure there's some occult significance there. But about all the little details of these things, there's people out there that are trying to really harness some very dark energy. And things like blowing up aircraft fit into their scheme. And you wonder what's next. And this is where the July 20th moon landing uh, anniversary comes up. You know, we landed on the moon July 20th, 1969. It's 45 years. I'm not an expert in numerology. I don't really understand all this stuff, but I do understand that these folks believe in it. And there's just been a list of politicians and billionaires and business people and Hollywood stars that follow this stuff religiously. And Killing thousands of people is, does not bother them at all. To them, we're nobodies. We're just uh, unwashed masses of cattle, like Nancy Pelosi said, you know. Who, by the way, a lot of people think she's in charge of the satanic church in San Francisco, that she's like the queen or something, so just FYI. Anyway, the only reason I bring this up is that there is the possibility that there'll be another one of these events. And you can say, well, I don't, I don't believe in that stuff. It's hocus-pocus. It doesn't matter if you don't believe. They believe in it. And if they believe that another event will create some kind of dark energy vortex that will cycle their power and you know manifest what they're believing in and what they're trying to create, I just think it's something to be aware of. And that's why, you know, this July 27th comes at the end of Ramadan. It is a satanic holy uh, holiday. I'm just thinking... Ramadan's also a satanic holy holiday as well. So, the two, I would say, tie together very nicely. You know, I like to be aware of these things. I like to kind of know what's going on. You know, just, just to be on the alert. So, FYI... I'm not- but praying about this is what something that all of us can do from a proactive standpoint. And just being alert about something is one thing, but actually doing something about it is a whole other different deal. And oh, it's as short as you getting on your knees and praying. Man, not to say you have to be on your knees, but I do think that that's a... Um, you're humbling yourself before God. And I do believe it's, it's, a, it's a more effective way of praying. I... I convinced of that. Try to scare anybody. Again, I always tell people, don't engage in this. Don't have an emotional reaction. There's nothing 
that we need to emotionally invest into this about, which is something we need to be aware of. So now you guys are aware. Until next time, reporting in from the Cyber Militia at Base Camp, this is Dave Acton. That was Brave Dave. Sorry, that's actually what his nickname goes by. Anyway, so um, we've got that to think about this week. And um, um, so that's something that's very, very good to know. Now, let's go further. And I'm running out of time here. Yeah, I'm going to try to get through this last part here so we can end it in a part three. Uh, Obama's Hitler Youth and Training. Now, these are some of the things listeners have emailed uh, Quail's site, and he has it in the, what they call the Q alerts. And again, I'll, I don't post these unless they're confirming to the information we already have been told in previous studies, and um, or maybe in the study that we're doing now. This one is entitled, Hit, Obama's Hitler Youth and Training, plus photos. I'm currently doing some training at Camp Atterbury, Indiana, and there's a group of about 50 boys here, ages 10 to 15, at first, I figured they were normal summer boot camp. Then I noticed the reflective vest, and they were wearing on the vest says Community Emergency Response Team. Community Emergency Response Team? Yeah. Sounds like something that, that would be called out, like Obama's Homeland Security Youth Brigade, which obviously he said that he's intent on forming ever since he's been in office. And there's even pictures this guy sent in that I posted here where you can literally see these boys in a big lunchroom. It looks like they're eating lunch and they're wearing these vests and on the back of one of them you can clearly see community emergency response team. And um, I mean, this is like the Hitler youth. The one kid looking, he looks like a Hitler youth. I'm, I'm just, you know. This doesn't really alarm or shock me since myself and your listeners know that they are training our children to be snitches and act as Obama's Hitler youth. It really reminded me of everything I've been reading from Dave Hodges for what they have planned for our children. I just figured I'd share with you and your listeners. I'm attaching two pictures, which I posted here on the PDF. One of a reflective vest in one of the kids in his camo uniform. Well, actually, the one in the reflective vest shows other people in camo uniforms as well. Uh, then he goes, says, I can only mash, imagine the brainwashing they're doing on these young boys. That just came in July 17th. Next one, and this I got from a listener. Now, I wasn't even thinking, I, I wasn't sure about posting this, but then I went and checked on his Q alerts, and I found another one that was very similar. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to post all this. This came in uh, July 13th from a listener of mine. And I entitled it Massive Plane Movement in the United States. Yesterday at Fall River, Massachusetts, at least 30, maybe or more, planes went by. Not at the same time, sometimes two at a time, but about five minutes apart. Anyway, my daughter and I were watching this, trying to keep track. Anyway, a plane that looked differently from all the other planes was flying by. So I stood up to take a picture and noticed something else in front of the plane, which happened to be a drone. Anyway, I sat down after taking the picture, but my daughter was still looking up when she spotted another drone. Something, and started pointing and yelling, Mommy, look. Anyway, I took the picture of this drone, which was difficult because of the way it was moving. I've attached the pictures of the two drones. I didn't repost the pictures because they were like, the drones were like in one quadrant of the picture, and in order to shrink it down and get it on the PDF... I, don't, I think you would have barely been able to see it. But yes, I did look at the pictures and they, yeah, they were what she said. So, 
that, that I got that from a listener. Now, then, Q report, here's a post. I just witnessed a line of passenger jets coming out of the southwest and going directly over Colorado Springs at approximately less than 15,000 feet in altitude with one every three to four minutes from 5 p.m. to 8.54. Now, this is the very same similar pattern. You've got these planes coming and they're going over you know, flying at, at a relatively, well, 15,000 feet, relatively low altitude for a jet plane, and coming every three to four minutes, which is kind of like what my listener was describing as well. And this happened all the way from 5 to 8.54. Uh, this is the first alert from near Colorado Springs, Colorado. I think there's a massive troop movement going on. I just witnessed a line of passenger jets coming out of the southwest and going over Colorado Springs at approximately less than 15,000 feet. Uh, one every three to four minutes from 5 p.m. to 8.54. If each one carried a passenger load of 200, that would be close to, say, 60 loads or more since the pace quickened at about 7 p.m. on. That is 12,000 potential troops moved from somewhere southwest of central Colorado. Anyone else hearing of anything strange? Large numbers of landings at some military installation, maybe. Foreign troops seen anywhere? These are with question marks behind them. None of these were leaving trails, but up above 30,000 feet, there were lots of them, meaning there were a lot of chemtrails above the planes. The sky is trashed. I think I got a good glimpse of Armageddon tonight on several levels. The sky doesn't even look like it belongs to my planet from all the chemtrails and all of these planes, which which most likely were troop movements. Second alert. Just as soon as I posted this on social media from an ex-military friend in Arizona, they said, quote, On the way up to Phoenix today at 2.30, there was a military convoy of no less than 45 heavy armored vehicles. They were heading north on 17. It greatly alarmed me as I was heading west on 69. Three Apache helicopters and two Blackhawks were flying in formation, flying east adjacent to the highway. So a lot of stuff going on. Across the nation, it sounds like. You got Massachusetts, you got Colorado Springs, you got Phoenix. I was just in Phoenix not too long ago. We went and prayed at the Superstition Mountains. <laughs> let me tell you. That, I researched that place, and let me tell you, a ton of people go, go missing there. A ton of people literally going back decades and decades and decades going to those mountains, and they are never seen again, ever. And we went there and prayed. Um, went... With the time we had, Taylor and I went and prayed, and we went up to the base of this one mountain. And I mean, there was caves everywhere, and you could just sense—you could really sense the evil there at the Superstition Mountains. That's why we went there. I've been wanting to go there a long time, and um, I was hoping maybe we could confront something. Maybe something would rear its ugly head. You never know; it might come out of the old caves or the rocks. But there's been—if you do research on that—there's so many things about secret governmental bases and things happening to people and people being abducted and a lot of stuff in the Superstition Mountains. Really creepy, yet beautiful in a creepy, eerie way at the same time. Uh, Yeah. It was awesome. Anyway, so it's it's like, it's uh, east of Phoenix. And not exactly that easy to find because you go up on the internet and it's like there's no directions on how to get there. It's like there's nothing available. 
we had to like pretty much wing it. it just key in Apache Junction in your keyword search box, and by the time you get to Apache Junction, you, when you drive in there right straight ahead, you'll start to see the Superstition Mountains. But there's not a lot of, of and I, I think maybe it's the government wants to keep people out of there. Maybe, maybe they don't want a lot of traffic through there. I don't know. But um, anyway, let's go further. Uh, next report. Uh, Colorado Springs, again. I, hi, Steve. I read your cue alert on the, all the planes flying into Colorado Springs at 9.30 tonight. My son's friend called Colorado Springs Airport just having arrived from Atlanta. So he came from Atlanta and he flew into Colorado Springs Airport. The son had reserved a rental pickup truck days in advance. When he flew in tonight, he was told that the military had needed all the rental vehicles, so there were none available, and he would have to be put up in a hotel tonight. There were about 10 other people getting the same story from the rental car reps. They were all told that all of the different rental car companies are saying the exact same thing. Something must be up for sure. Traveling around in rental cars and pickups would not be noticed by the general public. Excuse me. So, yeah. There's another confirmation about Colorado Springs. Now, there was an update to this. This is from Lee in Colorado. He said, Steve, I just read the last Q alert regarding the rental cars in Colorado Springs being sold out. Honestly, for once, I wanted to verify if this was actually the case or just bluster. So I went on the Hertz website to try to rent a car today, and everything came up sold out. I, I believe very strongly that we are approaching the time and hour when we are going to have to endure to the end. Well, yeah, the Bible says, they that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. It's not that we're coming up to that. It's always been that way. It's always been that way, but I think what he's saying is that when you're literally going to be maybe possibly put in a position, wait, situation where, you know, uh, might not be too pleasant. But again, view that in light of the other things that I've said in this teaching, so that we don't get all doom and gloom and depressed and you know give up. Okay, going further, uh, it's this is the next report. It seems that it was most okay. Armor moving on the border between. Tennessee and Kentucky. It seems, and again, some of these are written like by military guys, and it's really choppy and disjointed, and I guess they write in a military way and expect everyone else to kind of understand what they're saying. He says, it seems that it was most likely southern eastern CONUS, CONUS meaning continental United States, meaning this 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 um, armor moving. I mean, I'm thinking tanks and Stuff like that moving. Uh, he also picked up movement of this activity in Ohio, Pennsylvania, Nevada, California, Florida, North Carolina were the strongest, though. Remember, the sm- I mean, when I was down to Florida, when I went down there, I had got into that not too long ago. First time I've been back. Man, I saw all kind of stuff, all kind of armor being moved, all kind of military transport stuff going on. More than I had ever seen, ever living in, in Florida. And I just went down there literally for one day. Just to get in and out. And it was unbelievable. So I can totally believe that. He also says, remember the Smoky Mountains and also the Appalachian Mountains uh, uh, have a lot of Chinese and Ruski troops encamped as witnessed. Hey, I was there, did the whole report on it. All of of these foreign um, people that are employed in Gatlinburg alone in Pigeon Forge. 
I mean, it's unbelievable. Everywhere you go, you're dealing with a foreigner of, like, European, you would think, Eastern Bloc country descent. You know? And all of these people you're dealing with are of that nationality. So, virtually all. So, a lot of Chinese Ruskies camped as witnessed, plus the latest video shows convoy in the Smokies along with locals saying it's a regular thing. All training for upcoming war and becoming more blatant about it as if to psycho-prep the folks for their presence. Well, that would that would make sense. A lot of this is being done so people will see these troop transports and will start to, you know, say, and, and maybe it's part of the Illuminati telegraphing its punches. Maybe it's part of the Illuminati saying, we don't really care what you do because we've come so far with our agenda, there's nothing you can do to stop it anyway. So here we are. What are you going to do about it? Well, you know, you um, primarily, you need to be worrying about God, Mr. Satanist. You need to be worrying about the Lord Jesus Christ and his holy angelic host. You know? Because there's going to be some real surprises for you in the days ahead as well. Next report. Steve, I wanted to tell you I can verify the articles you posted about the church being used to round up the sheep is true here in Georgia. I reported on this extensively. I do not go to church, but I have family members that still do. To their shock, everything I've been telling them for months smacked them in the face yesterday morning at the huge mega church they attend. I'm sure they're getting some really good, strong hellfire and brimstone preaching there. Uh, the government of our state came to talk about how the state needs the church in times of crisis. Oh, I bet. Yeah, it needs to be used by the state in times of crisis for its satanic mouthpiece. And that the church um, needs to be strong and a light to the community during a, lar- a dark time, and that'll be through the government, though. You know. Uh, also, he talked about how God has put our government in place for a reason. Yeah, well, that would be true. He's given us the government I guess we deserve. For, for the most part, because the church has been silent, so we've got the government we deserved. But the government that's been installed is a force for wickedness, a force for evil, a force for our destruction. And the Bible, when it talks about Romans 13, as I said before, that government that is described is a force for good. So Romans 13, in that sense, at the start there, it does not apply to our current government, because it is a literal force for evil. Um... So, he said all this can be verified because it's on their website. I guess the megachurch's website. He didn't give a link to that, but I'm sure, you know, that's the way it goes. That's the way the cookie crumbles in today's brave new world and day and age. Uh, and then he says, God have mercy on us all. So, you know, that's just kind of the the thing to, to be um, aware of. Now, when you look at this, you look at the verses like 2 Corinthians 6.14 through 17. Increasingly, these verses apply to true Bible-believing saved Christians trying to fellowship in a corporate 501c3 Church of America. Okay, what are the verses? Well, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. You, you can't expect to be, like, operating at this level of knowledge that, like, we're getting into on a weekly basis, and to go to a 501c3 corporate church and to be received with open arms. You are 
at total odds with what they're being fed and what they're being brainwashed for, you will ultimately be marked and labeled as an enemy. Ultimately, like the one said, that they're going to just target all of them. But the first people that will be marked are going to be the ones that are like a Bible-believing true Christian that knows this type of information, that's trying to educate the church. They're going to be ostracized, they're going to be driven out, they're going to be marked, and they're going, you know... (laughs) It's very, very good if you've been in a church like that, that they don't know where you live. Because, trust me, you're in their database. Not to say that you wouldn't be maybe anyway, but I just think it's good to operate at as much of a level of privacy as you can in today's day and age. To make yourself as small of a target as you can. And I don't mean like I'm making myself a big target, but I mean trying to be private with your private information is what I'm talking about. So, the Bible says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? Increasingly, in the 501c3 church, a righteous person cannot fellowship there because so much of what is going on is unrighteous. What communion have light with darkness? Increasingly, a Bible-believing Christian that would go into a place like that, who is a source of light, salt and light, which were commanded to be in the Bible, is literally going into a place where darkness is what is embraced. They're embracing lies. The, 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 the pastors are hirelings that have no true love for the sheep because they're doing it for the money. Not all, but many, but they're all on the same train if they're on the 501c3 train. They're all going to the one world religion. Now, whether they get off now or later, they better get off at some time. Because if you stay on the train, you're just going to go right down the tracks right into Satan's mouth. Um... And what concord, meaning agreement, hath Christ with Belial, or the devil? And what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? I hate to say it, but most of the people in that, let's say, particularly megachurch setting, would be considered by God an infidel. Would be considered a Laodicean, Revelation chapter 3, Christian. Neither hot nor cold, but lukewarm, thinking that they're in need of nothing, but not knowing that in God's eyes they are blind, wretched, weak, naked before God. But they think they're in need of nothing. I'm a pretty good person. I'm better than that guy. Okay. I'm just pointing out things here, you know, that seem to be increasingly more evident. And I've been warning about this for a long, long, long time. And it's coming to pass pretty much exactly like I've been warning for all these years. Not because I'm wonderful or special or anything like that. It's just, I saw the handwriting on the wall a long time ago. I came out of the 501c3 church. I saw where it was heading. I I really got a hold of the fact that, that this whole yoking up with the government through their corporate status, the 501c3 corporate status, was was just a... A match made in hell. And what agreement hath God, hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, we as people, it was born again Bible believing Christians, we are the literal temple of the living God. Why? Because the Holy Spirit dwells inside us. Before he dwelt in the holiest of holies, in the temple of Jerusalem. But when Jesus Christ died and said it was finished, the, the veil was rent from top to bottom in the temple, 
And at that point, the Holy Spirit came and dwelt in believers instead of just the temple. Ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them. Who? The infidels. The unrighteous. Those that embrace darkness. Hmm. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. So, (laughs) increasingly, this verse is increasingly applying to the 501c3 corporate church of America and wherever that type of church may exist worldwide. You pray, you fast, you see where God leads you, but, you know, you got the clergy response teams joking up with the government beyond their 501c3 tax exempt status. You've got them being literal spokespeople for Satan. You've got them, you've got them citing Romans 13, which is exactly what Hitler did, told his pastors to do to his Christian churches. Is a big reason why the Christian church did nothing in Nazi Germany or very little to stem the tide of evil. Exact same things happening today. So I'm here as a watchman to warn you. You know, about that situation. So anyway, that's all I have for today. Um, actually, I've got tons more I could cover, but I'm, I'm running out of time here. And uh, uh, I found that if I try to go into four parts per week, every week, with all the other things I've got going on with the ministry, it's just it just becomes untenable. So, uh, we will hopefully, Lord willing, pick up next week. And go further, and I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and this time you've given us. We praise you for your goodness and your mercy, Lord. I pray that we would have just thankful hearts, Lord, no matter what is going on around us. I pray that we would always be thankful, that we would always praise your name and worship you, and worship you in spirit and in truth, that you would lead the body of Christ, Lord, the the innocent, Lord, the 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 parents of the, of the of the unborn babies and babies in this world lord that that are that are at peril all of the persecuted christians lord worldwide the body of christ my my listeners i just pray god you lead us and guide us and direct us that you supernaturally that your angels would encamp around about us and go before us to prepare the way that the sword of the spirit would be in our mouth lord in order to deal with and confront the enemy that we would remember to put on the full armor of god every day so we can resist the wiles of the devil. And that you would use us mightily for your glory and the body of Christ for your glory that, that many people would be saved through the Lord Jesus Christ and your efforts through the body of Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit and your angelic host and through the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. I pray you forgive us for any and all sins we've committed in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I pray you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us, and also that we would forgive those who have sinned against us, and that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. We ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.